If you're anything like us, you're probably already dreaming about your 2022 flock or maybe even thinking about some little chicks rocking around the Christmas tree as a gift for you and your family. It's never too late to check out Meyer Hatchery. Meyer Hatchery can ship as few as three chicks during the months of April through November and eight chicks December through March. It's never too early to plan out your flock for next year, and the earlier you plan, the more likely you'll be able to get the incredible combination of birds to really spice up your flock. So head on over to MeyerHatchery.com. To get $5 off your online order, be sure to use code DRINKANDFARM at checkout. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you got in that coffee mug over there? So today my coffee mug just has my go-to coffee in it, which is the Squire and Davis pecan roll from my friends Mm. over at Ancient Valley Mercantile. It's my favorite coffee. Yummy. (laughs) What are you drinking over there? So I have my Drink Farm and Be Mooey mug. Mm. I put away all my Christmas mugs every year, so I'm very excited when I go through them and remember how many I have and then have to pull some of my other mugs to make room. It's a whole thing. But anyways, today I am drinking Bones Coffee Company eggnog coffee. Mm, That sounds good. And they have the best artwork on their coffee bags. This one is like Uncle Eddie-esque from Christmas Vacation. So I highly recommend that you guys go. They're not a sponsor, but this is my hack for what I do. I don't need a whole bag of Christmas coffee necessarily, but you can get their holiday sample pack where you get five different ones. Oh, that way it's like just enough to work in with your regular coffee and to have the fun festive coffee too. when you're feeling like you want something special. Mm -hmm. And if you live in the middle of nowhere, like we do and don't really have a coffee shop, It's a good life hack, too. Mm -hmm. It is. My goal and dream is to have a coffee shop here in my town someday. (laughs) Yes, I could see you doing that. We're one step closer. I mean, my friends have custom blends made over at Ancient Valley Mercantile, so that's a start. I can at least source my coffee beans locally, which is nice. (laughs) There you go. Already thinking. Mm-hmm. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Elizabeth Steves, and she is at Steel02 over on the Instagram. So cheers, Lainey. Cheers. And I'm super excited to give a little bit of follow-up that mm. I've been meaning to give for a while. It's big news. So on Thanksgiving, I tried cranberry sauce. <gasps> what? What'd you think? So I put it on my plate. And I'm like, I don't know what to really do with this. I mean, it looks like cold jello. <laughs> I'm confused by it. So my husband told me to mix it with the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the cranberry, like on one like forkful. And he was right. That is the best way to do it. At least the kind I had. I'm not sure who made it or what the recipe was, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And my mom was sitting next to me and I even convinced her she needed to try it. Cause she'd never really had it either. And she's a very picky eater. So 
We both did it for the podcast. Nice. And we lived to tell the tale. I think she thought it was okay. Like something that you didn't like need to have. Like I wouldn't seek out cranberry sauce, but I also haven't had your cranberry sauce, Bev. So maybe if I had yours, I would feel differently. I will bring a bowl of it to Coop Camp if there's Coop Camp in 2022. So in June. In June. Yeah. I mean, no shame. Hey, here. it's like jello. Yeah. Well, so the, my cranberry sauce is more like jam because I just crush the whole cram, like I cook the whole cranberries just like oh, I do when I make yeah. strawberry jam. So that's why I've been calling mine a cranberry jam instead of a sauce or a jelly because it's got like all this stuff in it. Some people call it a cranberry relish. I don't know if that's regional or not, but relish always makes me think of pickles. Pickles, yeah, or like vinegar, and there's no vinegar in mine. So what we do with ours is we actually just eat it by the spoonful. (laughs) We don't mix it with anything. But the leftovers, if we make turkey sandwiches or this year we did chicken instead of turkey but you know if you did like those leftover thanksgiving sandwiches where you put like the meat and then the mashed potatoes and the stuffing you can put cranberry sauce on the top and it's just a really nice like it's like a charcuterie board you know how you put like the jam with the charcuterie like you can totally do that with any sandwich and cranberries are really tart so it's a great like acidic flavor to just like brighten up a whole sandwich. Right. I'm not like a chef or anything, but. (laughs) (laughs) You sure sound like it. But yeah, no, the cranberry does add a little life to an otherwise very heavy meal. Mm Mm-hmm. It does. Yes. Yeah. And but there's I always... also did grab like a full turkey leg and like split it with my sister-in-law because <laughs> they didn't like peel the meat off of that. And I felt like I was at the Renaissance Festival. So I felt like I was all over the place this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was Orion's one regret about not having a turkey is we didn't have a giant turkey leg because he always oh. eats the drumstick. But he had a bunch of chicken drumsticks. So he was happy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Trade off. Right. <laughs> all right. So now that we've squashed the Sam's never had cranberry sauce thing, cross that off the bucket list. There we go. Mm-hmm. Trying new things. It's important. Today we're going to talk about something else that I really knew nothing about. I don't know. Did you know anything about this before this episode? I knew a little, but only because I got introduced to it by one thing and I don't want to spoil any of it. So I'll jump in (laughs) when we get to that part. But until I had seen this thing, I actually didn't really know that Yule was a thing. I just thought it was like one of those old timey Christmas songs. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So today we're going to talk about the Yule log and what that is, the Christmas tradition behind it. For some reason, like the word log, isn't it? So I thought it was a plant, but it's a tree. I thought it was just like a little guy. Well, so I think what makes it a Yule log is the tradition behind it. Right. Like you can use any hunk of wood. And call it a Yule log. And call it a Yule log. (laughs) Yes. So I I did know that much. (laughs) I did not. I thought it was a specific type of plant. Oh, yeah. That you needed to use. So... If you're not familiar with the Yule Log, or perhaps you like to troll the ancient Yule-type carols, but you don't know what you're talking about, like like me. I didn't know those were the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Yule is one of the oldest winter celebrations in the world, and it's celebrated on the winter solstice. 
solstice. Wow. Which is a few days before Christmas, generally. Yeah, it is. And you might be wondering, well, like, what is Yule? Because today, Yule and Yuletide are largely synonymous with Christmas and Christmas time. But the meaning behind Yule is quite different than that of the Christian holiday that is Christmas. And the word Yule comes from Old English, and I had I had to look this one up. <laughs> Jeola. Okay. It's spelled G E O L, but it is pronounced Jeola according to one Google search that I did. <laughs> I apologize if I totally butchered that, but that word shares a history with the equivalent word from Old Norse, which is Joel, and that's J O with a little. On the top of it, and an L. <laughs> but both of these words refer to a midwinter festival that's centered around the winter solstice, which traditionally marks the halfway point of the winter season. So good to know. We're almost there. We're almost halfway. <laughs> After the solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, the days begin to get longer again because the sun is up for longer. So it's thought that Yule was a celebration of the reappearance of the sun and the fertile land's rebirth, which is just poetic AF. Yes. And I always appreciate the winter solstice, even though it's the shortest day of the year. It's like (laughs) you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with these short days because it being dark around five o'clock just is not good for me Mm -hmm. or for farm chores at all. Well, and one of the things that I love about like the changing of the seasons or the winter and summer solstice or the beginning of a new year, they're all great opportunities to kind of hit a reset button if you need that reset. And I'm one of those I'm one of those people that needs like a punctuation reset. Like I always have a hard time starting over on a Wednesday. Like Monday is a way better day for me to start over. And so it's nice that we have all of these points within the year that you get an opportunity to kind of reevaluate and kind of, and more sun. I mean, yes. Can you say hallelujah anymore about more sun? (laughs) The celebration of Yule is one of the oldest winter celebrations in the world. Ancient people were hunters and spent most of their time outdoors, and the seasons and weather played a very important role in their lives. Customs and traditions associated with Yule vary widely. Most commonly, the celebration consisted of a hearty feast and general revelry, which included caroling, drinking, and dancing. I mean, I like to drink and dance, and generally, if I've been drinking, I'm more likely to sing. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Yeah. yeah, and one of my favorite words is wassailing. I didn't know that it just meant caroling. <laughs> I didn't either. That's why I skipped it. I'm like, I don't know all that but word. It's, it's just, it's such a good word. And I always made a drink called, well, my dad called it wassail, but it was like tang. And oh, you made it hot and then you like added some other things to it. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty good. So later, when Christianity came to the British Isles, Christians adopted aspects of the pagan festival into the celebration of the birth of Christ. As Christianity began to spread in the 4th century, the Christmas feast day was set on December 25th by Pope Julius I to align with the Roman pagan holiday, Dies Natalis Solus Invicti, the birth of the Invincible Son. 
The rest is history. As the weather gets colder, those creepy crawly little bugs are probably starting to hide deep in the litter in your coops and barns. That's why we use First Saturday Lime on our farms. First Saturday Lime is the strongest and safest pesticide alternative on the market. It will not burn you or your animals, yet it's strong enough to repel insects and dry up their eggs and larvae. First Saturday Lime can also be used to freshen up your coops and barns. It soaks up all the stink and helps extend the time between cleanup. Go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 20% off your order and free shipping. All right, so now let's talk about where the burning of the Yule log comes from, because I think that's yes. the part that people are most familiar with. <laughs> yes. So the burning of a log in celebration of Yule started well before medieval times. It actually began as part of the winter solstice activities. The candles and lights that are associated with Christmas were meant to symbolize guiding beacons for the Christ child, and that may have evolved from the Yule log, which was lit to entice the sun to return as part of Yule Festival in Scandinavia. Oh, so J-O with the little K on top of it and the L, that's pronounced Yule. Ooh, <laughs> the more you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can't pronounce a thing over on Drinking Farm. <laughs> hey, you know what? We don't speak Scandinavia. <laughs> We do not. We try our best. We Google all of the things. I don't know why. I just thought J-O-L would be Joel. Yeah, I thought it was too. So mm -hmm. we're human. We're imperfect as a species. So please have a little grace with us when yeah, we say Yeah, correction corner mid-episode. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the Yule log was originally an entire tree. Oh my gosh, the whole thing. Yes, the whole thing. So they would truck in a Yule tree inside and stick the big end of it in a fireplace. And the Yule log would feed the fire through the 12 days of Christmas from Christmas Day through the evening of January the 5th, known as the 12th night. So that seems like a really hazardous thing to do. But... Maybe back in the day, they just knew how to control a whole tree in the fireplace. Well, their fireplaces were probably a lot bigger because that was how they yeah. needed the whole house. And so I didn't know that the 12 days of Christmas started on Christmas Day. I thought it was like leading up. That's what I thought. I thought we were counting down to Christmas. <laughs> like Advent. <laughs> no, but it's a kickoff through the end of the year. And I had no idea either. It just is extending the Christmas season, which I'm down for. Yeah. Usually, like, we have a party on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day stuff, the day after, and then the day after. So it's oh like, I'm already doing four days, so why not add a few more? Mm-hmm. It's true. So in Provence, or France, it is traditional that the whole family helps to cut the log down, and that a little bit <laughs> is burnt each night. If any of the log is left after the 12th night, it is to be kept safe in the house until the next Christmas to protect against lightning. Oh, I like it. Wasn't Holly put in your house too for lightning? Didn't we talk about that on their Listen, straight no chasers? Lightning was like magic, but like magic death. And people wanted to avoid it at 
all costs. So all of the magical things were brought in to keep the lightning at bay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to imagine though, like lightning must have been pretty terrifying. It was basically something that you didn't know what it was because we didn't have electricity. Just like coming from the sky to like screw everything up and light it on fire. So I get it. I would be terrified of lightning too. (laughs) So in some parts of the Netherlands, this was also done, but the log had to be stored under a bed. So it was a little more specific about where it was safely kept. Okay. And in some Eastern European countries, the log was cut down on Christmas Eve morning and lit that evening. So, you know, the same idea, drag a big ass, Christmas tree in your house, but this time they light it on fire instead of decorating it. <laughs> I mean, a little easier, I guess. We just like bright trees. <laughs> you don't have to worry about a tree stand, but you do have to worry about, you know, burning your house down. Yeah. Yeah. So in Cornwall in the UK, the log is called the mock and it is dried out and then the bark is taken off of it before it comes into the house to be burned. And also barrel makers, which are called coopers, because that is the traditional name for a barrel maker, they gave their customers old logs that they couldn't use for making barrels for Yule logs. So that Ah. is a fun fact. Yeah, and barrel makers were really important because that's where you, you know, stored the beer and the liquor and all that good stuff. And the custom of the Yule Log spread all over Europe, and different kinds of wood are used in different countries. In England, oak is what's traditional. In Scotland, it is birch. In France, it's cherry. And also in France, listen, the French people know how to do it. They (laughs) sprinkled it with wine before it is burned so that it smells nice when you light it on fire. I'm here for that. (laughs) And in Devon and Somerset, which is in the UK, some people have a very large bunch of ash twigs instead of the log. And it comes from a local legend that Joseph, Mary, and Jesus were very cold when the shepherds found them on Christmas night. So the shepherds got some bunches of twigs to burn to keep them warm. So that's another place where some of this burning may have come from. In some parts of Ireland, people have a large candle instead of a log, and this is only lit on New Year's Eve and the Twelfth Night. Ashes of Yule Logs were said to be very good for plants. Wood ashes do indeed have beneficial uses in the garden. So that's not necessarily magic. I mean, it's kind of magic, but it's just science. I think. <laughs> yeah, if you're burning wood, you can save those ashes to put in your compost pile or just sprinkle straight in the garden. It gives good stuff. I can't remember what all it is, but it's like some carbon, phosphorus, and now I'm just making up words. Good stuff. <laughs> we'll just settle with good stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're probably this might this is my guess. This is where you knew about Yule. Was the decor and the dessert. Yes. Primarily the dessert. It was primarily the dessert. When I moved here, there's a bakery that sold a Yule log every uh-huh. Christmas. And it was this beautiful, like it looked like a cake, but it was decorated with fondant and like sugar mushrooms and all these beautiful things to make it look like a log. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like... This is so weird. 
<laughs> Why would someone want a cake that looks like a branch? Yeah. It's a very nice branch. Yes. But why? <laughs> but why? And this is why. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's super delicious, too. Oh, and, like, side tangent. Animal Crossing. I got a Yule log like, for my <laughs> table on my Animal Crossing last nice. year. And I was like, oh, so that dessert thing is a thing. Just like in yeah. more places. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, this is kind of how the tradition is carried over. It's still a tradition in some cultures to burn a Yule log on Christmas Eve. For other cultures, it's this chocolate cake that Bev was describing. If you're in the woodlot, plan to cut some of a white birch, maybe, so you can make some decor make your own yule log maybe to go on your mantle or your table for decor you can use some nice ribbon with it so you can get crafty there and white birch does look really nice Mm -hmm. and the yule log also makes for a great centerpiece too maybe you get really fancy and you can add like tea lights to it or something i'm sure there's artificial stuff out there but Honestly, the one I'm most interested in is the dessert, because I'm not sure I've ever had a Yule Log dessert, but I've been watching this chocolate show on Netflix. It's relatively new, and they're all like chocolatiers, so they make really fancy stuff that I just don't have the patience for, but I am feeling inspired to do holiday baking after watching that show. Good to know. So maybe I'll get crafty and make one this year. Yeah, I was thinking of ordering one, but we actually, we always do Christmas by ourselves here at the house, so mm-hmm. I never do anything really big, so that's what has stopped me from ordering one, because it would just be for us. Not that we don't deserve nice things, but yeah, just, you know. <laughs> You're not as motivated to do anything extra during an already busy time of year. I totally get it. That is exactly right. And the Yule Log is like made to serve like 20 people and there's only four of us. Yes. Luckily, I go places and usually bring something. So Mm -hmm. that is something that I could take for people to enjoy. But I just might have to do a test run. I don't want to screw that up with it being my first time. Good point. But my husband has incredible attention to detail. So maybe I should put him in charge of, of the decorating part. Yeah, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I was going to say, you could always just have a nailed it Yule log. I don't think anyone would be mad about yes. that. It would just bring more laughter and joy to yes. the season. <laughs> and let's be honest, that's what we really look forward to in the holidays is laughter and joy. Oh, it is so true. It is so true. Really quick, before we wrap this up, I wanted to share a, I don't know, I, I'll call it a hack, I guess, for okay. a substitute for birch. You can use sycamore. So my tree line is filled with sycamore. So we cut down sycamore branches and use them as decorations inside of pots instead of birch. Because when you buy birch, it's just really expensive. (laughs) Like a bundle of three birches from like Pottery Barn is like $100. Well, it's probably not that much, but it's a lot. Like you pay money for for logs. Yeah. And we've got wood everywhere so if you've got some sycamores you can cut the those and use those as a substitute for birch that's what we do here in our town for our winter pots because we change out the decorative pots in town for each of the seasons and we use sycamore in them instead of birch to save on our budget love it yeah 
If you're feeling like your chickens are difficult to buy for because they already have everything they need, Grubbly Farm Scrubblies are the perfect chicken snack to gift to your flock this holiday season. Yes. Gift your chickens a healthy alternative to mealworms. Grubblies, the nutritious daily snack for healthy and happy chickens. When you purchase Grubblies, you can take comfort in the fact that Grubblies are 100% natural. They are also non-GMO, have zero additives and preservatives, and they are grown in the U.S. of A and oven dried under USDA regulations. These black soldier fly grubs are one gift that you can be sure will not be returned this holiday season. Mostly because chickens can't use the internet, but also because they'll eat them before they even look at them. (laughs) (laughs) When you purchase Grubblies, not only are you buying a safe, healthy chicken snack, but you're also purchasing from a small business, which is a win-win. We highly recommend the five-pound treat tank that keeps your Grubblies fresh and dry. My chickens do little keg stands on our treat tank during the Grubbly happy hours because, I mean, that's just how they like to party and mm-hmm. during the holidays. So be sure and go to grubblyfarms.com and use code DRINKANDFARM to get 20% off your first order. All right. So now that we're done talking about Yule, just a few housekeeping things. Make sure you're still leaving us reviews over on Apple Podcast, or you can call and leave us a review. We'll put the phone number in the show notes. We're holding on to all of those until January, and then we will read them in We'll go back to doing our monthly drawing where you have the chance to win an exclusive coffee mug. That is not and never will be in our shop. And be sure and send us your can't evens. You can put those in the Facebook group. Use hashtag can't even or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We read those on our minisodes. And just a reminder, if you're not already signed up on Patreon at the $5 level or above, we have a relatively new perk for those people. There's a mini series. Well, it's not really a mini series. It's just a series called Straight No Chaser. So this is like five, 10 minutes of information from us. Maybe it's a topic that's a little too small to put into a full episode, or we break down a really big topic over a month, or we share some life hacks that we use around the farm. So we're just bringing you value in a relatively straight way, but we do sprinkle our opinions in there sometimes too. Uh, so a little chaser it's okay yeah just a little chaser sometimes (laughs) so be sure to hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find this podcast and while you're listening take a screenshot maybe and share it in your instagram stories and then you can tag us at drink and farm so you can get a promo code just for that episode it'll give you a percentage off in our shop and you want that because we have newer stuff in there we do. Yes. Uh, be sure to take a look at the show notes. You'll find links to the article that we discussed for all of the fun Yule knowledge that Yule learned today. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a survey to tell us how we're doing, all our social media stuff, our merch shop, all the good things. It's a great place to go. Our show notes can be found at drinkandfarm.com slash 183. This is episode 183. So that's it. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed learning about Yule, and we're super excited getting closer to the holiday season. So we hope you are too. And you have more stuff to that you know now to spruce up your holiday small talk. Yeah, basically this is just a podcast of fun facts. 
Yes. We, we're going into winter hibernation, so we got to really get creative with the information we're providing this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and